0: This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Hello, and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael Willer. I am a chubby chaser. And today, uh, I am a. Fully autumn, autumn boy. It is like mid-60s every day, low 40s every night. It feels cool and crisp. I've got my sweatshirt on. Um, Finally, because it's, you know, (laughs) mid-November, but (laughs) we got there in the end, and I'm loving it. We get to turn the heat on at night. It's so (gasps) cozy.
1: Ah. Hello, my name is Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I am a progressive, progressive boy because I am... Mm. I got new glasses for the first time. I have oh, progressives. Wow. Interesting. And it's like looking at the world through a fishbowl. So I have to wait a eh. little bit longer before it adjusts, mm. apparently. Yeah,
2: yeah, you have to come to the surface uh, of the fishbowl for seeing those things.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, apparently, when I first put them on, I actually started tilting to the left because everything was just. Looking <laughs> oh, wow. <wrong. laughs> wow. Uh, Are they I progressive pro- side to side? <laughs> I have progressed since then. So.
0: <laughs> You have to look to the right to see close, look to the left to see far.
1: Oh
2: my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser, and uh yes, we are in full swing autumn here in Los Angeles, which is just the perfect time to spend an ungodly amount of money oh, to fix God, our yeah. air conditioning.
0: Uh, oh no.
2: Um oh. long story, very boring, won't spend it uh, won't spend the Come out podcast talking about it, but uh an ungodly
1: amount of money.
2: Oh no. Uh, <laughs> it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm sorry. That sucks.
3: Uh, I'm Trevor on award-winning Super chef. <gasps> That's right. And Spoilers. I am, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'm in fall mode. I'm uh, working on my Thanksgiving menu. Um, it's very oh, yeah. exciting.
1: It's and this year we decided to invite people. For people <laughs> not yet in the know, what award are they talking about, Trevor? Are we going to be telling them more about that later in the show?
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, stay tuned. How
1: intriguing. I think I'll stick around. Buckle up, people.
0: And about three and a half minutes later in the show. (laughs) Um, Before we get to that, though, we wanted to thank our uh, supporters on Patreon. You guys keep the show going, and you're awesome. Um, Thank you to the standard listeners who don't have the ability to support us on Patreon, but we love you, too. because Even our
1: standard listeners are exceptional.
0: We also wanted to remind everybody that uh, on December 3rd, which is coming up in just a few weeks, Sunday, December 3rd, at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, um, we are doing a big fat gay holiday live spectacular hangout on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have uh, holiday drinks and holiday gift ideas and cheer and, and prize. Good old fun time and prize. Oh, yes. I forgot. Trevor has brilliantly come up with a a well, I don't really know what he's going to do, but there are prizes involved. I mean, it's dinner
1: know, with actor. Trevor on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dinner and some Contractually, else. we cannot obligate Trevor to do yeah. that, but he will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not not even allowed to imply it. That's right. I'm not going to fill up on bread.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, what else we got in the pipeline? Dan, uh, Don and Trevor, mini boys in the mm-hmm. near future. What y'all talking about?
3: Um, Kind of like the taking in the fat jokes as fat people and like sometimes it's yeah. okay. And why is that? And- mm-hmm. A lot of the time it's not okay and you
0: shouldn't.
1: Especially (laughs) when it's made by fat people. We'll Mm -hmm. get into that. Yeah,
0: that kind of strange thing and how to feel slimed or not slimed. That should Um, be fun.
1: I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, pop culture. Let's do it. Um, Hold on. They moved my, there we go. Bam, 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 bam. I feel like the bass line in that is very underrated.
2: It's got like, How am I the bam, only
1: one doing bam, bam, jazz hands bam, bam. when the music fades out? Come on. That just begs for jazz hands.
2: I, I do they, a lot of jazz hands. Oh, every I other thought you time. were I thought you needed help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thought you were silently screaming. Yeah. Uh what do we got first up in the, in the pop culture hopper?
2: Well,
1: since this I one deals it? with medicine, yeah. we're gonna <laughs> shove it at Dan very aggressive. Okay. (laughs) So the Wall Street Journal, uh,
2: the Wall Street Journal is talking about the next hot obesity drug. Uh, It's so hot, you can't even get it. Except on the gray market. (laughs) Except on the gray market. Because that's how medicine works these days. Yeah. So you know the black market is where you buy stuff you can't buy legally. The uh, the legitimate market is where you legitimately buy stuff. And the gray market is where you can kind of get it for legal if it's almost the thing you want. And so basically, and it's not
0: regulated. Yeah, if it's not regulated,
2: so the drug company was uh, Eli Lilly. Yeah, yes. So Eli Lilly has is coming out with just the new super coolest weight loss drug. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's basically it's a semaglutide. Uh, I don't think it is a semiglutide, but it's it's the point is that it's, it works. They're calling like it a triglutide. By, I,
1: tri-glutide. I thought yeah. it was a
2: retrotrutide. <laughs> yes, the point That's is the point is that it is another uh, next level appetite curbing suppressant drug, like semiglutide in Wagovi yeah. or Ozempic. Anyway, the point is that it's it's they just announced phase two trials, so it's still going to be years before it comes out on the market. Yeah. But because in doing any study you have to talk about the a little bit about the drug without giving away proprietary information there have instantly been copycat drugs well they had flooding to, the markets
0: they had to list the chemical uh, uh structure in their patent yeah and so that was how people were able to basically try and duplicate it on their own uh but it's at a lower level of standard than you would typically get in an actual yeah you know, wide release. right?
2: And it should be said, it is not the actual drug. It, yeah. It, the, the structure is not the same as the,
0: they're, it's they're approximating it. They're trying to do yeah. their, their version of it. But that sounds very appealing when the real thing isn't available. And so yeah. this is the, this is and, the best you can acquire.
2: And it promises to be even more effective than what's on the market today. If you yeah. consider that
3: effective. Um, so <laughs> I, I want clarification on something from this article. Cause I've, and then maybe I just misread it, but I kept rereading it. <laughs> so they talked to a woman who had a golf injury and she's blind in one eye. I know um, what you're going to say. No, it doesn't make sense. She, uh, <laughs>
2: yes, it does. If you understand um, medical She's fatphobia. concerned
3: about losing her vision due to diabetes. So she wants to be on these drugs, uh, you know, Ozempic, we on these drugs.
2: <sighs>
3: but she's not diabetic because they won't cover the medications for her because yeah. she's not diabetic. She's not diabetic. She's, diabetic. she's yeah. concerned about losing her vision to diabetes, but she's not diabetic. Yeah, and but maybe she's it's
0: fat, Trevor, and fat means you're going to get diabetes. And yeah. My
3: thing is like, so are like this, either this is like, maybe she had a family member who had diabetes or her doctor has been trying to scare her. But in this case, it would be a, like, or maybe she's pre-diabetic, but if she actually had diabetes, she could get the drug she wanted
2: and this would solve
3: the problem. And it's yeah. Just,
2: I, I think here's here's what the, I think the big takeaway from that is Trevor, because you know there's you know there's a woman in New Jersey who not that important. I think what is important is that we are at such a state of medicalized fat phobia that mm-hmm. fat, as Don was saying, fat equals any disease. Mm-hmm. So if you're fat, you're going to get any disease. And I think what happened in this particularly woman's case is either her doctor is scaring her by just saying like, oh. You're fat. You might get diabetes, or more likely, she once upon a time had a family member who was diabetic and had vision problems because of it, and therefore, being fat means vision problems. So, I, I the point is, it's it's this little medieval village of rumors about fat because anything fat is bad. So, the takeaway that I want to put a flag in, though, is the journalist didn't think to or even need to. Clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. That they was didn't even just bother. all of that was a perfectly legitimate assumption on yeah. the point of view of the journalist who writes the article. I don't think it got cut. I just don't think it was necessary to explain because fat equals death in all cases, always.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I just like
2: that.
1: it's so
3: frustrating.
1: For me, this article just underlines the fact that we live in a society that puts so much pressure on fat people that they're willing to put unexperimented drugs into their bodies. Yes. Like, yes. that's that's yeah. the biggest one. Like, literally, this is not taking Ozempic, something that has been tested by, you know, the FDA, by drug companies and all that crap. Well, it ain't going to kill you right away. This stuff is made by compound pharmacies based off of their in-house formula that is based on something that hasn't been fully tested yet. That's frankly, If you're lucky... Yeah, if you're I, not I,
3: getting random like horse pills or something, which <laughs> right. has been and I occasionally
1: say, have been problems when you're mm-hmm. mail ordering these medications from foreign countries. Absolutely right. Yeah, uh, or even not so foreign countries. Yeah, we will post links to the article.
0: I Blah. I'm just gonna throw this out there. I don't necessarily recommend reading this one. I th- it's a tough read. There's some stuff in there that we didn't cover that's really like yeah. kind of gross and slimy and I don't know that. You can check it out if you want to. I think we've covered it pretty well <laughs> <Yeah>. personally.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but next up maybe,
1: This one will be a real show. Not I I quite as
0: bad. People not will be stunned by this. Oh, one. Yeah. So uh, according to SciPost.org?
3: Yeah.
2: A mental health publication. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I,
3: so so I, I have to say, so I was I thought this was interesting, but I was like, what the hell is SciPost?
2: <laughs> 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 when it came
3: up in the thing. And I'm like, is this like Psy Ops? Am I <laughs> Am I going to be it's in like, game? It's
2: psychic journalism. Yes. Yeah.
0: The headline is, surprisingly few hashtag body positivity videos on TikTok actually contain messaging related to body positivity study yes. finds. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's good and bad because on the one hand, they found that the videos that did talk about body positivity focused on body positivity and they didn't slime. They didn't deviate from mm-hmm. the body positive message. But- of of majority of videos with that hashtag don't talk about body positivity at all and they address kind of they're hosted by kind of standard sized you know blonde pretty women who kind of talk about like self-care or like you know self-acceptance yeah they don't really you know I,
2: i i personally i don't have a problem with this because it's really the problem of hashtag body positivity Body positivity is a marketing platform to address not feeling like crap about your body, no matter what your body looks like. That is body positivity in a nutshell. Has nothing. It is not. It is a far cry from you know fat rights or fat liberation or anti-fat bias. It is not that. It is just hey, don't feel like shit about your body. And what they found was that in two thirds of these cases, I think sixty-seven point something percent, the it simply was that. There were no images, not necessarily text, but images that didn't, that were not overtly body positive. They just weren't body negative. And that's why they also found that a very tiny percent, like 0.4% or something, uh Were you know where it said hashtag body positivity was that actually you know contradictory or shitting on body positivity? So like it was it was in that sense truthful. It wasn't body negative, was it?
1: Body positive? Yeah, usually not. What it sounded to me is basically this article was saying that all these body positivity posts were basically positivity posts. You know, it didn't necessarily have anything to do with the body. It was just be nice, be good, let things roll off your back. But it's not addressing the thing that was raised by the issue. So. It's not a terrible thing. Right. It like, isn't breathing fun? Isn't it great to feel good? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. That's that's a great message for everybody, including me, but it wasn't the message I was looking for today. Right. Right.
3: (laughs) I thought the statistic of, it was, I think 6.4% of posts contained objectification. That caught my eye. And then the, I think it was like 4.3% of the videos had men. And yeah. I would be curious of the crossover of the statistics mm, of the objectification yeah. and the men, because mm. I know so many like Chubs, Gainers, Bears who use hashtag body positivity on their thirst traps, <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's not not body positive, but like this is this is a thirst trap. Like, it's, well, I,
2: I would also like to put in here that what did you say it was like six point something percent, Trevor? we objectification. Yeah. Okay, I think if you watch the Super Bowl, I think it would be like 60 point something percent our objectification. <laughs> I mean, using women to sell beer, using women mm. to sell blah, 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 using women to sell, I mean, yeah. I think yeah. it'd be much higher in a non-hashtag body positivity realm.
0: Yeah. I thought it was interesting that only about 30% of the videos actually had people they classified as either overweight, overweight or in massive air quotes, obese. Um, whereas about 50% were what they said were st- you know, normal sized.
2: Um, well, I, which, I, I, can I just, I just, I what they really mean? Because they're trying to be a study and all scientific. And what they mean is when we showed it to people, you know, that's how many people like somebody clicked. Oh yeah, they're fat, and somebody clicked. Oh yeah, they're really fat. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's all I, that means. That's all. I that think means. it is
3: interesting to like. I understand the analytics of it, and like it's a study. But like to
0: cat it, like break it down in
3: that way, and it's like, how do you
2: break? They didn't, a little to the audience.
0: Like, they didn't go find the content creators of course and say, not. They are couldn't.
2: you fat? <laughs> no, it's... it's what's it, your it BMI? It, right, what's your BMI? As if that were... The, oh, well, then we'd know. You know, it's, it's <laughs> never that. It's never that. It's always perception. Always perception. It's,
0: it feels like a wibbly-wobbly study to me. Yeah. It was only about 340 videos, I think. Um, so it's not
2: comprehensive so, by any so means. So basically 20 minutes of scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, <can say.
0: laughs> I was going to say.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> Hold on. I sense the approach. Oh, God. Of an ego! That Watch 2023! Special award edition. Uh,
3: Yes. (laughs) We teased, we tossed, we tormented. (laughs) Uh, So if you, I don't know, I, I think there are some listeners who haven't been made aware yet. We won Outstanding Podcast at the Full Figure Industry Awards. Oh my god! Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting Michael to do that. That's very okay. good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like we said, mentioned. Um, I guess that was pre-show. As uh, we mentioned in our behind-the-scenes <laughs> video on Patreon, subscribe now. Um, we w- went to New York for the Full Figure Industry Awards. Third annual,
2: yeah. And and remind me, the the uh, Full Figure Industry Awards is a creation of. And remind me of the magazine's title, Trevor. It's Queen Size. Queen Size Magazine, which is a plus size magazine, uh, really coming out of the full figured African American experience in Brooklyn. It's very much it's very much centered there, but nice. it has encompassed. Pretty much everything, and it's it's a three year old mm. award that is looking at what are the contributors to the full fu- uh, full figured industry, whether it's fashion, whether it's podcasts, whether it's uh, anything. It- Yeah. So I, as
0: Trevor said, we weren't really sure what to expect. And this, you know, we've mentioned before, but thank you to the listeners who put us up. We didn't know this existed um, until we were nominated by listeners of the show. And then people went and voted for us in the initial round of kind of whittling down nominees. And then afterwards, the Full Figure Industry Awards picked from from finalists, um, of which we were one of four. And we won and trevor and dan were actually there uh, yeah. what was the experience like? what
1: was it like
0: yeah
3: so tell it, us about the red carpet
0: <laughs> um
3: well actually i think the red carpet had been rolled up by the time we arrived we were not oh. there the, the red
0: car- but there was a red carpet
3: there, there was a red carpet
2: yeah
0: <laughs> um <laughs> you guys were trying to be fashionably late and you just ended yes. up being late <laughs> so when you guys got there what was what did you what was the first thing you saw what how did you uh, how, how did you get, make your way to your seats? What was it like? I, I mean- there, were,
2: uh, there were all these amazingly well-dressed people uh, mm. taking photographs of each other. They were in front of step and repeats. Uh, there was video. It was, it was really like showing up to the Academy Awards, like a very miniature event, very <laughs> miniature Academy Awards, which was a, 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 something that would be repeated later. Uh, you go into the audience and there's, mm. there's a lot of uh, music playing and it was great. Uh, I think the thing that stuck out the most to me was just how slick and polished and professional the whole awards uh, presentation was done. You know, like mm-hmm. on the Academy Awards where they have all these graphics,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that was present in the hall.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow! Like they
2: had—I mean, it was—I think it was PowerPoint, but it was just the most seamless PowerPoint presentations going between, like, here's the awards, here are the presenters, here are the people up for the awards, and it was—it was amazing. It's so smooth. That's mm-hmm. cool. nice.
0: Yeah, Trevor sent some pictures, and I was I was impressed. And I we didn't get a sense of the whole space, but we got the stage. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's a massive screen they've got up. There. Yes. Really
2: cool. mm-hmm. It's huge.
0: I was blown away by the number of – there were so many sequins.
2: <laughs> Imagine
3: the most sequins you've ever seen in your life. Sequins are making that. a comeback, I think. Um, <laughs> there were hats, a lot of fashionable hats. I was – Oh, you State. never I see hats anymore. Thinking, like, I love hats.
2: I should have had a hat. <laughs> well, it, just, it was very much in that spirit of the Sunday hat, you know. It's just, uh, it's just gorgeous. Lovely.
3: No, it was amazing. And we got to see um, several, you know, podcast features win awards. Uh, Jean-Luc Arusso, um, uh Bruce Sturgill from Chubster Magazine, uh, ah. Tigress from Nafa got the uh, – Oh, what was it? The, the community choice community service award. Oh wow! Uh, nice, that's awesome. Congratulations, good for her. I gave a speech. I don't really know what I said because <laughs> I had some ideas of things I would cover if we won, but like the second half of the show, I'm like, we're probably not going to win, I'm like that's fine. And, and we, then, you, you, you I you remember know, we know.
1: got a we text did. from you guys saying, uh, like, oh, I didn't write anything. I, I think it would be bad luck to come yeah. up with a with a, <laughs> a speech. <laughs> and then we're on stage. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> surprise. <so> <laughs> Very much I, like
3: the uh, the war movie, like high-pitched r- ringing <laughs> in my ears <laughs> as I stumble on stage and accept the award.
2: Yeah, I was a little worried because, you know, I'm no stranger to public speaking. That's easy for me. But I'm like, Trevor really should talk. Yeah, the, Trevor should be the one talking, right? Mm, that's true, yeah. And, and so I'm like, do you want me to? do anything? Is is there a like, take it away, Dan cue that I should be aware of? (laughs) And he was magnificent. He was absolutely magnificent and gracious and really hit all the bases. I I, I couldn't have been prouder. And then I just talked about how so much of what we talk about on the podcast is a continuing conversation that was actually started by a lot of the people in that room. Mm -hmm. Because so much of fat activism and so much of queer rights comes out of The African American experience, and just sort of acknowledging that that those are the 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 conversations that we're having on the show are conversations that were started in that room.
3: And we we got uh we
0: we have four awards so we each have one.
2: Yes.
3: Oh,
0: I'm so excited. We're gonna have to take a bit. next time I'm in town. uh, We'll record in person. We'll take pictures, Mm -hmm. uh, and we can put them on Patreon. Mm -hmm. Yes, they looked really good. They looked like
3: they're yeah, they look great in your picture.
1: They look like weapons. Like you could fight (laughs) someone off with it.
3: I was. I was saying that it's the perfect thing to keep on your nightstand.
1: Yeah. Oh. In case someone comes
3: in because the there's a globe at the top and you could really
1: it looks crack like somebody. a glass mace. <laughs> yeah. Like you really could just club someone with that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not 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 at all like a glass dildo. No, not like that. No. No. Nope. We're going with mace, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Not bumped for her pleasure. Look, anything <laughs> can be anything, guys. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um but I don't know, I guess speaking of bedrooms and nightstands and furniture. Oh yes. We're seamlessly transitioning to oh, our main nice. topic. Yes. Of uh, you know, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago about the idea of like making your home fat friendly. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What are your concerns about going to spaces that might not be fat friendly? Yeah. yeah. Uh but thank you to everyone who um, you know, reached out and uh either shared tips or just like, this is what I'm always worried about when I'm going to a new space. Yeah. Uh, you know, or friends or family's houses.
1: So and Trevor has divided them up by rooms. I love that.
3: Yes. So I mean the big thing, I the I feel like the the biggest concern for people was just the bathroom. Yeah. I, Um, I gotta
2: say that is the big as a as a chubby chaser trying to look out for my fat boy, that is the number one concern I have when we go somewhere is you know, trying to check out the bathroom or trying, really trying to preview the back bathroom because that's, I'm usually the person booking the space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so trying to scope oh, that out ahead of time and hotels are not good with your bathroom pictures. Isn't it oh
3: good to have a picture of a bar of soap on a hand towel? If oh my God, yes, yeah. You have <laughs> soap I and mean, towels. Thank
2: you. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, oh, that drives but, me crazy. So the big
3: thing was like just generally space um, and small toilets, which I've never really like, I've had toilets that aren't the biggest, but I didn't really encounter a small toilet until we were (laughs) at Disneyland when we stayed at the Grand California recently. Oh, this was the smallest toilet I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. (laughs) And I think because so we booked an accessible room, but I almost think I'm like, is this a toilet for a child?
2: Oh yeah, God. so it wow. was I, – I, here's, I, here's what I think was going on. I think because it's Southern California, we have water concerns, so it was a a, a, a smaller flow toilet, but also just a smaller toilet, hopefully <laughs> maybe thinking they were going to free up more space around it by having a smaller toilet. There is also another facet of a toilet that people should consider if one is in the market for a toilet, uh, and that is there are, there are like toilets for quote-unquote men and, and women in that one is oval – for men Mm -hmm. to accommodate the junk in front. And then there are just the round ones, which are usually better for women because they want more area underneath them. And Mm. so that oftentimes the older top, like if you think of it, if you think of like your grandma's toilet, it was probably one of these older ones where the bowl was just round. Yeah. And so, yeah, just completely circular. So if that usually tends to be really, really awful for anyone with a fat pad.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our, The toilet here in our guest bathroom is exactly like that. It is, I I suspect, very old, um, probably from the 80s or earlier, and it is round and it is the smallest toilet (laughs) I've ever encountered. Uh, When I used it the first time, I was like, my knees are above the height of my hips, Because I'm sitting so low low. to the ground and it was shocking. And our master bathroom is not like that. It's a newer toilet. Um, And so I got, uh, we have one of our suggestions on here, uh, a big John toilet seat, which has lift to it. It has a lot of height um, as well as a lot of width. And it's just much bigger. I I recommend the big John toilet seats personally, and they have options, I believe for round toilets and uh, ovular toilets popular
1: toilets i'm gonna throw Avoid. a quick Avoid. toilet reference to the bane of my existence uh-huh. um, which no one can do anything about except architects oh. architects please listen to me mm-hmm. and oh, I know stop setting toilets in small receded alcoves <clears throat> yes I, that is a fucking nightmare <laughs> I, I i i oh i thought I, you were going <laughs> to talk about
0: the wall mounted oh yeah well i thought wall-mounted Oh, also, i hate wall
1: mounted too both but the of them small receded hard. alcove thing I'm not only broad at the bottom; I've got broad shoulders, and so when I'm in there, it's like I feel like I'm in a coffin trying to take a poop, and then I can't. Uh, no, yeah, this is not okay. You know, but see, we
2: have this problem. Don, yeah.
3: We have so we have that in our master bathroom, which I I try to avoid using that toilet for that reason. But there are times where it's like you just get to I don't know feel like you're I don't know, Hulking
0: trying out trying to climb up a cave or something like ah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm picturing you trying to take uh, a so, dump so. suspended three feet up on either <laughs> wall <laughs> It's very That's, Mission
2: Impossible Oh <laughs> we, boy That's how Tom Cruise goes every here. day
0: um, <laughs> So besides toilets in the bathroom we also have sho- the various configurations of showers Yeah, yeah.
2: oh we have so much to say about this I do <laughs> I mean I, so
0: I, because I think the
3: difficulty here is most people are just like there's only so much you can do because you're probably renting a space.
2: Yeah. So like, oh, even if you're not renting, just the, the demolition and re, re, reconfiguring yeah. it is prohibitive. Um, mm.
3: Yeah. But so like they have the curved shower, uh, shower rods that kind of give more space because I don't know. I, you know, we have like a kind of walk-in shower at home. So I am not used to dealing with shower curtains and they just always love to stick to me. No matter how <laughs> far away <laughs> I get it, it's still just going to
1: mm-hmm. come yeah. and cling to me. Yep.
0: Shower and getting into – if you have a tub-shower mm-hmm. combo, getting over the lip of the tub, sometimes they're like elevated off the floor height. So there's yeah. an extra six to eight inches of up that you have to get over. Um And so maybe – I don't know if like if that's – if you're going to stay at somebody's place and you have to take a shower there and it's too low, I don't know, having a little step to get Can on. Can I say
1: I think my stepmother may be listening to our podcast because the last time I went home to visit <laughs> my father – one of those curved shirt and uh, curved curtain, sh- curved shower curtains showed up in the bathroom that I used. And Excellent. oh my God, joy, joy. Mm,
2: that's nice. That was
1: happiness. And I felt so welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and seen.
2: The, these slippery tubs. Oh yeah. A
1: lot of tubs
2: are designed for minimal friction because it's a tub. And it's a terrible idea for shower. So yeah, that's helpful. And I have ah, this was amazing. So I was I was uh dating this really huge, gorgeous fat boy, and he had a tub slippage problem. And his solution was putting down bath towels on the tub floor really not ideal really not ideal it just because then they slip on the tub if there's any sort of water uh and they get waterlogged and and then there's a whole like how do you dry them blah 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 but it for him it was better than nothing well Uh, they do make mats rubber of course they do and make sure you get the time with the little suction cups on the bottom
0: get the suction cups and clean them regularly that's it's a pain in the ass but those will get moldy real fast um, I had a question set slash suggestion to see if you guys thought this would work. So you know how going back to the shower curtain sticking to you thing. Um, you know, a, a lot of shower curtains have like the little magnets so they stick to the tub. Yeah, but that doesn't help at, you know, belly height, right? Like if, or like shoulder height, you know, higher up, you're still going to get it stuck to you. So what if you, you have the liner that goes on the inside of the tub? And that's what sticks to you. And then you have the curtain, which is on the outside, which is really just for design. And
2: and do people know that? Do people know that? Don't put both inside the tub. Oh yeah, don't put the curtain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: uh, but the curtain's always going to be on the outside because it has the tub stopping it from getting any closer to you. So what if you use double-sided tape to stick the two together at the appropriate heights so that the liner was still pulled outside towards the direction of the
2: curtain? I think it's got a shot of working. You might have to replace the tape from time to time.
0: Yeah. Or okay. maybe uh, like clips. Get... Or yeah, or like safety like pins, pins might binder not look pins? great. But,
2: well, um,
1: yeah. I, I think the double-sided tape, if it's thick tape. It's more aesthetic, but the uh, clips would last longer and you wouldn't have to change. Yeah, really you just, time. or, you know, you could fucking hot glue it if you really wanted to. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the point is, there are ways to do that. It, yeah. it might work. There, yeah. So
3: a lot of the tips about space didn't really specify things, but... This is just something that I have encountered and I can't remember where it was, but the, it's a, so it's a shelf that basically is like the width of the toilet and it's long and oh, very it goes over the able. toilet. Yes. It goes over, it goes the over
1: above the toilet. Got it. Yes. Yeah.
3: And it is very easy to bump into and knock over if you're trying to navigate a space and there's a lot of you. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I, th- I think
2: it's because uh, sometimes you need to brace yourself against the back wall where that shelf is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That could be a problem. Yeah.
0: A clutter around the toilet just. Clutter generally. clutter around the toilet. Yeah. Anything that's not something that's holding toilet paper is should not be there. Yeah.
2: And, um, and, and and what this means is like if if you're having if you're having fat people over, uh that that is that's something you can just clear off and then put back when, when they're gone or something yeah.
3: like that. Yeah. Or I mean Which, if you're having like I don't know, chasers who were if you're having a parade of fat boys through your apartment. Mm, just, yeah. It's easier just to not keep it there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it actually
1: leads into another suggestion that somebody else put of just clearing spaces. Like yes. I'm I'm a big guy and I'm tall. I don't always see the floor <laughs> directly around me. Yeah. Making it an obstacle course for me with things like Legos, pet toys, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt for thin people, but for fat people, it's especially a pain in the ass. No, it's, it's
2: more than that, Don. It really is. A, it is a, a, a quantum difference because thin people can literally look where they're going. Right. Then if you're a thin person, you're, you're, you know, all you have to do, someone says, oh, you should watch where you're going. And you go, oh yeah, silly me. I should watch where I'm going. Fat people literally can't do that because they cannot see what's under them if they're, if they're fat enough. And yeah. so you, it's not that you couldn't look down to avoid the pet toy it's just that when you got close enough to the pet toy a pet toy it disappeared from your view under your belly you so it's like even if you know it's there you don't know where it is and so that's why it is so Mm -hmm. incumbent and 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 thin people really forget that because we're so used to like you just look down there's your feet no 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, really if you if you ever like if you If you went, this this is going to seem seem silly, but it works. So if you're a thin person, you want to know is your is your home adequately fat proof? Go get a hula hoop, stand inside (laughs) it, holding it up with either hand. Okay, anything that you see inside the circumference of the hula hoop is something a fat person cannot see or cannot get through when they walk. is is a pretty good. Trevor, am I on? Am I on? I mean,
3: I never really would have thought to describe it that way, but I think that's a good. Put some uh, suspenders on it and just (laughs) kind of... It sounds like a
1: fun empathy study where you uh, do the hula hoop with paper. mm -hmm.
3: Before we we transition to kind of general stuff like this, I just want to hit two more things. Um, But we've talked about this a million times. Get a bidet. Yes, bidet is great. You'll love it. Your fat friends will love it. Everyone loves a bidet. Yep. And then um, just if you have a lot of fat people in your life, maybe you know, lovers, family, whatever. The loofahs that I've mentioned before, the the Japanese loofahs that are on our resources yeah. list come in three packs. And it's a great way to just like, if your shower isn't super accessible, to maybe just... Give it to anyone who's staying
2: over.
1: Let me may, may interrupt it, may, and just say, as somebody, I, I just like them. Period. Yeah. Can I, just, I Nice. I want so. to
2: describe what you mean by loofah because when I, when you say loofah, I think of like a really no, it's big, a, thick sponge. It's that, a it scrubby a, sheet. Yeah. It's, it's a, a scrubby long sheet.
3: It's sheet. Um, I'll link it again in the episode description um, on uh, the episode page, but it's also on our resources.
2: Yeah. It's age. about 30 inches long and about uh, 12 inches wide. And it's really great for getting your back. It's really great for getting un- into the undercarriage. And yeah. it, uh, it, it can be as a, it comes in different kinds of abrasion but it can be very abrasive.
3: Yeah. But so going back to general concerns, we talked about like stuff on the floor. Someone wrote in talking about their friend has double doors that are really tiny. Like um, French doors. Yeah, and they only would like open one and like keep the other one kind of sealed in place because you know they like, can lock into the floor. Oh.
0: So like, if you have double yeah. doors and you have fat friends,
3: open both of them.
0: Yeah, I was also going to say. I think these. Correct me if I'm wrong. These are double doors that are
2: next to each other, right? Yeah, yeah, they're 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 called French doors. Right, <laughs> but, but there's, there's also panels,
0: double yeah. doors, as in like a screen door that opens into a, a solid. Oh door. yeah. And then if the screen door has a hint has a spring on it that closes while you're trying to open the other one, like yeah, that just navigating through two doors simultaneously, like I don't know, just consider like what your guests might have to deal with to get into your home. Pick a mm-hmm. door, um, yeah.
1: And as far as getting into your home, another tip somebody put in there was a careful furniture arrangement that yes. blocks yes. pathways. Yeah, you know, that's if, a big yeah. One. if you're bumping your knee as you slip past, and you're a pr- sort of a normie-sized person. I have knees that are three times the size of yours mm. so like please give me some room you know I
2: I think this most applies in the most innocuous place the whole coffee table sofa arrangement yeah, yeah. we actually we haven't had a coffee table in front of our couch for years because again go back to my hula hoop <laughs> exercise <laughs> you don't you can't see where the coffee table is if you're if you're really fat and you're just ho- you're just hoping that your shins don't bang it too hard to find <laughs> out where it is it's like echolocation with your shins <laughs> Or
3: stuff on the cot. Like if it's a really mm. tight space and there's stuff on the coffee table. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, so if I stand up and there's stuff on the coffee table and I have to like shimmy, I'm sidestepping around. Mm. I There is a chance I could knock something over with my belly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a rule of thumb, like, cause I think a lot of straight sized people, particularly like not necessarily chasers if they're considerate, but like allies who are not just not in the world, yeah. Uh, but want to be prepared. If you don't have enough room for two people your size to pass each other without turning, you don't have enough room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if, if you can't walk past another person uh, without bumping them or one of you having to turn to the side to let somebody through you don't have enough room and you don't have to fill your space with stuff like and, have an appropriate amount of stuff for the space that you've got.
1: And tipping into that, another tip that another listener related that goes into what Michael's talking about. And as far as having stuff in the way stuff on the stairs, no house should have things oh, yeah. on oh, the God, stairs. No. But if you're going to have people large people that? who have difficulty seeing what is directly beneath them as they're going down the step, putting a stack of books to the far left, Maybe not the best place. Oh, no. What people love is putting
2: plants on the steps. I haven't seen
1: that.
0: Oh, Oh, like maybe outside, like on the front steps. Oh, outside, yeah.
2: On the stoop, yeah. And I mean, if there's plenty of room, there's plenty of room. That's fine, because you can see the plants on one side as you approach it. But again, just remember, you have to take into account that people cannot see underneath them.
0: And if it's blocking access to the railing, then that's just idiotic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would –
3: so when railings are loose – Oh God! <laughs> it's just sounds <laughs> which like is a, like the the <laughs> a unsecure railing is the scariest thing. That's and terrible. I feel like also like it's a very hard thing to fix. So like all it of is. these things, it's like I understand that there's just difficulty with it. But like, can
2: sorry, can I just say with the with the with the railing that's insecure? Even if the railing holds, it's going to make the fat person nervous. Yes, and. And so they're probably not going to use it. And if they don't use it, there could be more prone to injury, which is really going to be awful, yeah. not to mention doubly embarrassing. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it just creates this sort of – it really just sets up the fat person for failure. If the railing is insecure and either they don't use it because of that or it actually fails in their hand, which is – then they feel terrible. And you know. There's one in
1: this category I really want to hit, uh, which is pet gates. I've got a oh, lot God, of people yes. – who have pet gates in their homes and those are very important. They're good. I understand they're necessary, but that is a barrier to a fat person. Like mm-hmm. I I that is the bane of my existence, having to open one and then squeeze through it sideways. Oh, I Sucks. thought you were I and, thought you were gonna
2: say that the thin person just steps over it and you're like, oh, yeah, I ain't gonna no. do that. Oh, no, no, no.
0: A lot of times, even if the gate is open, there's a uh, uh I don't know, like a I don't know how to describe it, but like a bracket on the floor that you oh, have really? to step over. Yeah, Some, You yeah, have like, to bend over to so do like, that.
1: And then and then it's not enough room for most people to get through that are even slightly above normal size. A bracket know? on the floor? That just yeah. sounds dangerous for everybody. I think
0: it's supposed to be for, you know, reinforcement, but then when the gates open, there's still like a little speed bump that you have to step over that you could trip on.
1: Yeah.
3: My, my sister uh, at her old place had a pet gate At the top of the stairs. Yep. Oh, so basically, and like you, they would just like step over the gate to go down the stairs, which that is, that is, does somebody want to fall down and break? I mean, at least the stairs were carpeted. So if you did fall down,
1: no, I, I, (laughs) gates at the top of the stairs are so normal, especially in households with small kids. You see it all the time. So yeah, that was that's... one I did not want to pass. Although,
2: Don, I question the wisdom of of trapping small children on the stairs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Trevor, I think you started bringing up yeah, so, uh, furniture issues.
2: Yeah, well,
3: just a stable furniture, which we have some uh, roundups that people have done of high weight chairs. But I just like one that, like, so I like that they, this person said uh, empathic approach to accommodation and superb hospitality, mm-hmm. and I think that's great because even if it's like you know, there's a lot of barriers to making a space more accessible, both like financial and logistical and everything. And if you can't make your space accessible, but just like really focusing on doing everything else you can to make a fat person comfortable and just like checking on them. I just really like that, like someone hammering that out and just thinking about that. Yeah. Um in,
1: in my experience, a lot of like moneyed families that have old furniture, they always have these incredibly delicate pieces looking pieces of furniture around their mm-hmm, house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they don't think twice about like, oh, please take a seat. I'm like, no. Uh I had a friend. That's yeah, a terrible I, idea. Yeah, I was a very good friend of theirs. They had one seat in the house that I felt safe in, and that was the sort of the patriarch of the house's favorite seat. So when I was there, I always sat on the floor because, you know, I, I wouldn't make a big deal of it, but it I, sucked. You know, I
2: think this listener encapsulates it really, really well because it's not just, mm-hmm. oh, I can't fit. It's also the embarrassment about asking about it, the yep. embarrassment yeah. about dealing with it because there's all sorts of stigma around it. And I love the way this, this listener put it. They said, quote, I'm just not wealthy enough to sit on someone else's furniture.
1: Yeah. If yeah. I break
2: it, I couldn't afford to replace it. And I think it really echoes that mentality of like, I'm not even going to chance it. I'll just sit on the floor. I'm not going to chance it. I'll just kneel behind the couch. I can't chance it. So I'll just not go there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've talked about it before. So I have this, it's like a storage cube. It's a black cube. It's covered in fake leather. It has a cushion top um, that I use to store my like Pilates equipment downstairs, but it also has a 600 pound
2: capacity. Oh, and nice. it actually
3: can kind of fold into itself.
2: It is so compact. Hmm.
1: I've and seen it's, it. It's tiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And it's comfortable. I mean, it's comfortable for what it is. It's not like super duper comfortable. But I actually, um, uh, our friend Heather told us about it. Mm-hmm. And she actually travels with it because she's hmm. like most places I go like there's a the chair's not going to work. And I'll just use that. Like when she went to London, she brought it with her and like would bring it to restaurants and stuff.
2: I, you should, you should have seen what this is. Cause it's about a, I'd say a 14 inch cube, but it folds up into something about the size of a portfolio.
3: Yeah. Oh, nice. oh, interesting. Um, and I actually, I was going to look at this before the episode and they have a new one. That's basically the width of two of them side by side that I think would uh-huh. be great to like have by your front door or something for people to sit on for their shoes.
1: Yeah.
3: Like at the, at the base of your bed.
2: I was going to say you, that can be your coffee table because then it's a sitable as well. Oh, and you can put yeah, stuff. That's in, great idea, and stuff that you normally keep on top you can put inside because it's actually a storage bin. Right.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a clever. great um, idea. And actually, really the like wider that. one claims to have a six hundred and sixty pound capacity, which, yeah, which yeah. I given the other one, I,
0: be, I like, I believe it. We have, we found some. We took a risk, uh, took a chance on some. Uh, dining table chairs which could be anywhere chairs we just liked them for the dining table that are you know they're they're fabric that has good amount of padding no arms obviously and they've been really sturdy we've had several different fat people um ranging around you know 400 500 pounds uh with no issue whatsoever probably more than that i think james is probably more than that um and so i'll i don't remember the brand but trevor i'll give you a link and we can put it in the episode description because i <sighs> i
2: recommend them um, Trevor, do you, I wonder if you want to speak to this and it's not really, su- I don't say that like, if you're a chase, you should go out and get one of these because your fat, your fat boyfriend will love it. That's may not be the case, but I actually wanted to highlight the fact that Trevor, when you play video games for an extended amount of time, you often sit on that exercise ball we have for you. Yes. It's, and I, why don't you talk
1: about why and how, and oh, do you do find it's that pretty comfortable?
2: I do. And I also oh. find
3: like, I don't know if I'm not okay. doing it. Like if I'm going to be playing video games for a while, it's like a nice way to kind of engage my core. And also just like, I change positions a lot if I'm just on the couch for a long time. So it's just a nice way to Break have a different position yeah. to be able to like, I don't know, maybe be a little closer to the TV if I'm playing a game with like a lot of tiny text in the interfaces and everything. Mm-hmm. um but also just like it's nice for my tailbone mm-hmm. yoga balls have pretty high weights when you get them in the size that i have this i think just a gen someone said this and i think this is a very good general like tip um sturdy with a um with a seat and no arms like if you're on chairs if it just feels sturdy if it's got no arms i think that's a good rule of thumb
2: i i think if you're a chaser this might be a way to test a, a- A chair. Number one, it cannot have arms. And number two, would you stand on it? Would you get on it? Mm. Like you're going to put one foot on it and lift yourself up and stand on it. If you would do that and not feel like, oh God, it's probably good enough. uh, It's probably sturdy enough to put your fat boyfriend on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And construction materials factors into a degree. Like you don't want anything Mm. wicker. Nobody likes that. One more thing that I feel like a very unique tip because I think there's
3: some intimacy to it but i think this would be good for ch- like if you're if you're bringing home fat people um you're dating fat people and your space is not accessible offering help with shoes i mm. think is You know, just a really great thing. I think even just for your reference, Dan has a lot of experience on this. I have a lot of
2: experience with this. And (laughs) you got, you know, you want to be a little sensitive because you don't want to say like, oh, I see you're really fat. Should I put your shoes on for you? Like, you don't can't, you can't do that, right? (laughs) So uh, uh, the language that I prefer to use is something like you see someone doing something and you say like, oh, would you like some help with that? And -hmm. they can say yes or no. And that's the end of the conversation or the beginning of the conversation, depending on the response. But just, would you like some help? Yeah.
0: I also find that a, this isn't always helpful for fat people, but a long shoehorn, like, mm. you know, mm. three foot long shoehorn. They're it's actually for boots. Find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're compact. Like they're, they're, they, they can just hang up in a closet. Um, that can be helpful. I, I'm sure there's plenty more, uh, listeners. If you guys have any responses to any of these things or any follow-up stories, tips, et cetera, that we didn't cover, uh, let us know. We'll, yeah, we'll share the social media stuff at the end of the episode. Um, but I have a I have a tip, uh, kind of not really cautionary tale. (laughs) A cautionary tale is more like it. Um, so I mentioned a couple episodes ago that Michael and I were going to go to the newly built Sphere, uh, performance venue in Las Vegas. Uh, high tech, brand new. Uh, If you haven't heard about it, check TikTok; (laughs) it's everywhere. (laughs) Um, and we we're really excited about it because when we bought the tickets through Ticketmaster they had all of these amazing accessibility options mentioned um specifically not just for wheelchair accessibility but also for size accessibility um oh these chairs are wider and all of the arms come up uh they're you know they're made for like people of size like it was great it was really <sighs> what happened michael <laughs> not the case <laughs> not the case people it was so frustrating Uh, The venue itself is fairly accessible. They've got lots of escalators and elevators that you can get around with, but it is large. So you do need to be able to move yourself pretty long distances. Um, It is incredibly vertical theatrical uh, space. So like the seats go up the edge of the curve of the sphere. Um, And so, you know, to walk down the row to get to your seat, it is... I would yeah. estimate a 45, 50 degree incline. Uh, of, I think
2: 45 is actually correct.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like of concrete steps, there are railings obviously, but they're, it's a very narrow walkway. Mm. Very narrow. Um, I i was brushing seats and the railing in order to get to where we had purchased seats, which was at the very back. It was the very last row, but they were standard seats. They were smaller than airplane seats. Uh, only the, only the armrest on the very, very outside came up and the seat wasn't big enough to accommodate even with the armrest up. And so we talked to the usher and he just looked at us blankly and said, we don't have any seats like what you're describing. Like literally (laughs) the description on Ticketmaster does not exist in their space at all. Um, total lie. I don't know how that miscommunication happened, but we got lucky. And this is where the tip comes in. The people behind us were up on a raised platform, which was the actual last row of seats. It just wasn't part of the um, stadium seating. It was on a platform. And those were folding chairs that were like reinforced metal folding chairs. They looked very sturdy. And those people weren't happy with their seats. So we swapped with them. Perfect. And so it was me, my partner, Michael, and our friend, James, who's very tall and very fat. They said the seats, as far as weight was concerned, felt fine. They were sturdy. Um, but they were low enough to the ground and close enough to the railing that their knees were really hurting, Ooh. like halfway yeah. through the show. Um, so that, overall that agony. Yeah, I hate that. The only place in that space that is remotely fat accessible is the very last row in those folding chairs, and who knows how to book those because Ticketmaster is you know owns everything and is terrible. Um, so overall. I don't recommend it, honestly. Until they change those things, and who knows, like how they would even communicate that stuff, given that you know their communication with Ticketmaster is just non-existent. Ah, <sighs> so this is a very sad tale. Um, <laughs> so, Don, tear <laughs> us up with a bit,
1: please. Okay. Well, since we spent so much time discussing furniture today, I thought maybe we could take a little journey into the wonderful world of the history of furniture. Oh, I love that.
2: Okay. We've
1: had a long and (laughs) ever-evolving history with furniture ever since we first realized that rocks were hard and our butts were soft. Um, (laughs) And evidence supports this because we have found the world's oldest furniture in Scarabray, Scotland, where they have these stone beds, wardrobes, and shelves for dishes that date Mm. back to 3100 BC. Wow. wow. That is the oldest known furniture. So we knew that they were just using stone, which was just basically piles of rocks that you'd sleep on because, wow, that sounds comfy. (laughs) Um, But stone may last, but it's not comfortable. Wood furniture, we find, can be much more comfortable, but it took a while for us to make the tools needed to create wooden furniture. Which civilization was the first to create true wooden furniture? A, the Babylonians, B, the Egyptians, C, the Greeks, or D, the Romans? Babylonians. Okay, we got one for A, the Babylonians.
0: I am also going to go with Babylonians. I I have no idea. I'll just say that I have no idea. Babylonians. Final answer. <laughs> I'm going to go against the grain and say
3: Egyptians.
1: Okay. And Trevor once again leads. God away. damn it! <laughs>
3: what
0: the fuck?
1: What the Babylonians didn't sit down? What the hell? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> uh, the the Egyptians were the first to use things like joinery and that sort of stuff, and they created oh. these chairs that were made of crafted wood with ivory and hide. And it was really our first wooden furniture. So the ancient Greeks huh. tended not to be very focused on furniture in their homes, really. But there were two mm-hmm. pieces of furniture that were considered most prized in the Greek household that wanted to show off a little bit.
2: The Fuxling. What were these two <laughs>
1: features? <laughs> One, a dresser to display valuable glasses and a sofa made of wood, ropes, and mats. Two, A bed made of ropes and wood hide and a wardrobe. Three, a chair for the patriarch made of wood and ivory and wooden stools for guests. Or four, a quote unquote bookshelf for scrolls and a padded chair made of wood and leather stuffed with wool to read on. I'm I'm going to say bookshelf. Okay, we got one for the chair the patriarch made and one for the bookshelf. Trevor?
3: Yep. Uh, The ivory chair and Every chair which, yeah, i guess is three
1: all that, right that on this side we just did, do not have greek priorities uh the dresser to display valuable glassware and a sofa made of wood and mats was apparently like hmm. the height of fashion in ancient greece for uh, a wealthy hmm. household because you wanted to show off your glasses all right final question this one is price of right rules whoever gets closest uh to the year without going over will be the winner Oh my. While everyone can appreciate the solidity of stone, and metal that can give to furniture, sitting or lying on a cloud was always the image mankind used to describe the ultimate comfort, just like big fig mattresses. Okay, anyway, after <laughs> years of dreaming, the aerospace company came along and invented the world's first inflatable furniture. When did <laughs> the f- inflatable furniture first arrive on the scene? So let's lead off with, we're going to go with Trevor Last. Well, it
0: had to to have been after the invention of plastic, I would think. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say
1: 1955. Okay, we got 1955 as our starting point. You want to get Uh, as close to it without going over?
0: I am going to guess 1960. I was going to say 1960, so I'll say 1962.
1: Okay. And once again, our champion for the day is Trevor Keys. Damn it. <laughs> With, what was the year? Well, how 1967 close did he get? was the first oh, year that you okay. had a company that came out and started mass producing them. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but all of that, is, that, is, that was the newest type of furniture I could find that actually was like the newest material innovation. So I was thinking
2: that it was, I said 55 because I thought like it became popular in the 60s. So it got invented in the 50s. That was my thinking.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, I see. Uh,
1: but dear listener, if you have a new type of furniture that you think we should know about, where could they go to tell us about that, Trevor?
3: Oh, well, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Uh, give us five stars there. Give us five stars on any podcast platform. Support <laughs> us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod, and see the articles and furniture we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Nice. Oh sorry, I have a hiccup. Hold on. Maybe maybe um <laughs> I have the hiccups when we're finished the episode and You're Just gonna kidding. scare me to try to get me to stop hiccuping, so <laughs> watch out
0: me. Boop! <laughs> ah. Watch out <laughs>